Welcome to That's Agritastic, the show that celebrates the scope and diversity of agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. Joining me are my very special guest. It's Caitlin Myers, FFA member and Culver's 2021 Ag Essay Contest winner. And also with us is Barrett Zimmerman, Ag teacher and chapter advisor of the Clyde, Ohio FFA. And today we are spotlighting the outstanding Clyde, Ohio FFA chapter. Hey, Barrett and Caitlin, both thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you for your time and talent uh, for really taking some uh, time here to really share with us what distinguishes the Clyde, Ohio FFA chapter. So right off the get-go, thank you both so much for being here today. Thank now, you for having us. Now, as we begin, we always like to have some fun with our show guests, get to know you in a little bit of a personal way, did a little research here and um, found out some very interesting uh, connecting threads here. Barrett, you grew up in uh, Northwest Ohio, and uh, I see that you actually attended Tiffin Columbian High School. Yes, uh, I graduated from Columbian in 1988, was born in Tiffin, raised in Tiffin, and actually went back to Tiffin uh, after completing my degrees at Ohio State uh, to, be, to be an ag teacher in that area. So very, very fond of Tiffin. Very familiar with Tiffin. I'm a graduate of Heidelberg and lived in Tiffin for about 10 years after graduation, working in Tiffin for a number of years, too. Uh, so you got involved in FFA in the Sentinel FFA chapter during the high school years. Were you a freshman in high school when that happened? So the uh, Sentinel facility, uh, which is tied with Vanguard today, which is the Fremont facility, they're under one school board. And uh, the Sentinel facility in Tiffin was built, I believe in 1985, I think it was. And so I was a freshman uh, at the old facility, which was in Bloomville. And then I was the, as a sophomore, the first, one of the first students to attend Sentinel Career Center. Um, it was actually built on a farm that our, our Bloomville FFA chapter that we, uh, we, we farmed that farm. And then that land was used by the uh, county to then build Sentinel Vocational School. Uh, what a great experience for me to be part of vocational education and fell in love with it. And just that's what I wanted to do my whole life. And uh, Sentinel is still a very big part of my life. I graduated from Sentinel and that was where my first teaching job was. And after I graduated from Ohio State. So, and I'm still employed by Vanguard Sentinel Schools, teaching at Clyde, but employed by Vanguard. So vocational education, huge part of my family. My dad was my ag teacher and my brother works for Vanguard Sentinel. My mom substituted for Vanguard Sentinel and all of my children have attended the, the vocational school. Well, it sounds like right from the get-go that FFA was in the genes and it was just a matter of time before you got involved right at the, at the high school level as well. Mm -hmm. Now, you had mentioned uh, you continued on your education. Uh, I see that you went to The Ohio State University College of Food, Agriculture, and Environmental Sciences, received a master's in, in education. Yes, in ag education, yes. And then you proceeded to get a second, a science degree at the University of Finley. Why was that? So when the uh, state of Ohio uh, was starting to require teachers to have a science degree so that their students would be able to earn a physical or a life science credit, I did not want to leave my students out from that opportunity. So I went back to school through a special program that the Ag Department was, uh, was supporting, and uh, the classes were through University of Finley, and that way I'm certified to teach 
the, the life and physical science. So my freshmen and sophomores can earn a science uh, uh, credit. And, uh, you know, Caitlin is, a, is an example of one of my students who got science credits and then went on to chemistry uh, at the high school level to finish out her three required units. So Excellent. that's why I did it. <laughs> Excellent uh, choice yeah. there and making a big impact on what you're doing. Now, you have been an ag teacher for a little over 29 years. And that is not really the new norm these days when we talk about people in career paths. So what is it that really uh, has kindled continually your fire and your passion? Um, I, I uh, believe I'm, I'm passionate about my job for um, many reasons, but the biggest one, I wake up in the morning and I wanna come to work and, and help my, my students and my community understand the impact that agriculture makes on their, their daily lives. Uh, we produce the food, the fiber, the fuel, uh, and, and uh, I want my students at Clyde and to, to appreciate that, to understand that. And if they choose to work in that field, open them up to all those opportunities that, that are available. But uh, just to see a student, uh, their eyes light up when they, they get it uh, or they learn something and they can, they can graduate and come back and say, thank you, Mr. Zimmerman, for teaching me how to do that. Uh, that that's why I, I, I uh, go to work every day. And I'd put a price tag on making that kind of a learning impact on your students too. And I can only imagine having the students now come back uh, that are in ag careers uh, to reconnect with you. That's going to be a very rewarding experience. I can tell you uh, in a week, I'll have at least one, sometimes two past students stop. I just had one yesterday, stopped in and during my sixth period class, he had got rained out of his job. He wanted to stop and see my students and, and express to them what he learned in the program and uh, just wanted to say hi and, and catch up with how he's doing. So it, it, it does make a difference, it does. Caitlin, when you uh, started high school, what was the motivating factor for joining FFA? I understand that you didn't grow up on a farm. Yeah, I did not. Uh, my mom was in FFA in high school, had Mr. Zimmerman as a teacher as well. And she used to talk about class. And so when they came to our middle school for recruitment um, and talked about all the opportunities that FFA could give you, I knew that I wanted to join because it wasn't going to be like any other class, you got to learn more than just the material. You got to learn that real life experience that you can't get anywhere else. Do you have a lot of uh, friends that were kind of coaxing you along to join or anything like that? <laughs> no, actually, I was the only one in my friend group who went into FFA for four years. None of them even did it at all. So again, lots of experiences to look back and reflect and lots of things that you obviously learned through your FFA experience. I also understand that uh, you some of your favorite things that you've enjoyed include uh, working out in the shop on wood projects. Yeah, it was one of our first things we did in the shop. And I enjoyed being able to sit and take a design and measurements and cut it out and create that on your own. It was a great experience. So what type of wood project specifically are we talking about here? Um, we made a cutting board. I think that one was probably my favorite, taking multiple different woods and placing them together to make sure that they fit and worked well. Um, and then we did like a step stool, uh, which gets used in my house still today because we are all 
shorter, so it allows us to actually be able to reach things. And I imagine you keep that very, very polished too, right? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Now, up to this point in FFA, if you were to pick one or two really uh, beyond what we just talked about, other favorite activities, would it be uh, going to the national convention that you did in 2019? Um, I would say convention would be up there. I went to state convention every year that I could, and then um, national convention in 2019. And those were always great experiences to be able to hang with the FFA, other FFA kids and get to meet new people um, and explore the different towns that they were in and see how agriculture affects everyday life as someone who didn't grow up on the farm. Excellent. And you did answer my next question. That is, what are some of the biggest takeaways that you have had all through your participation in FFA? Is it uh, is it lean, learning leadership skills, uh, career type uh, skills as well, or a combination of all those and then more? Yes. So I got to learn how to be a big leader. Um, I was a very shy person when I joined the FFA and Mr. Zimmerman likes to try and get us out of our shell and do different things. So I did public speaking and job interview, which I never thought I would have done. And so now I am very more confident in myself than what I was previously. Um, I know how to take control of a situation and I know so much more because of it. Um, another takeaway is how integral agriculture is into everyday life in ways that you would never expect them to be. Skills and knowledge that you can use through your career path as well, certainly. Well, let's move on and talk about the Clyde FFA chapter itself now. Barrett, give us a brief history, if you will, of the chapter. When did it start, first of all? Uh, the Clyde FFA chapter was chartered in November of 1938. And I've, uh, I think I'm the ninth ag teacher uh, since that time. Uh, and there's, there's been a couple of different periods where there were two teachers. But for the most part, we've had five pretty uh, steady uh, teachers with 25 plus years, uh, 20 years plus there um, of, of experience. So I'm mumbling a little bit because I didn't write those things. I'm trying to remember, but I've been at Clyde here 26 and a half. I taught two and a half at Sentinel. Uh, the program is located obviously in Sandusky County, Clyde. Uh, we served this year 123 students, and um, I run, I think, what a lot of people my age would say is a traditional program, uh, and I believe I might be cutting into one of your future questions, but it, it's uh, all good. <laughs> okay. As a, a traditional program, what I mean by that is um, we, we still in, include a lot of shop mechanics, woodworking, electricity, uh, concrete, you know, those hard skills that I believe every person should have, not just a person obtaining a career in agriculture, but every student should be able to change a light switch and uh, be able to, you know, understand how to put a tire on a rim and uh, like Caitlin said, take measurements and build a project. I, I just really think that that's an experience everybody should have. So I try as much as I can to be as traditional as I can, but at the same time, I have to embrace the new technologies. 
the, the new science, the new um, business and, and uh, other marketing aspects. So I try to, I, I, I know how to do a lot of things, but I don't do them very well, but I know how to do a lot of things. And I want my students to be able to know how to do a lot of things. And then when they decide to specialize, they have some foundation, you know, to build on. So sounds uh, like sounds like you really built for them really a platform of, of practical knowledge, regardless of what particular occupation or career path that they end up following. And, and that's a point I make with my freshmen uh, every year when they're in here is like it does not matter what career you're going to choose. You are going to learn something in this program that you're going to look back and say, hey, I really appreciate him teaching me that because I'm going to use that. And do you know where you're going to be in five years? You might have an idea, but you don't know for sure. So let's learn every possible thing we can and make ourselves uh, marketable and, and better than the next person we're, we're competing for. You never know when you might have to use some of those skills that you learned through the program. Uh, isn't that the purpose of education, though? I think we, we we maybe could do a whole segment on how we've, we've defined education in the last couple of years, and I don't like the definition. And so I'm going to keep on doing what I do, and that's prepare young people uh, for for careers and, and be able to work. Outstanding. And, it's, and the results that you're getting and the students coming back to you, that just validates everything that you're doing, certainly. Now, there's a lot of uh, diverse parts of the program, things that you're involved in. And we're just going to highlight uh, briefly a couple of these, if you would uh, tell us about a little, just a little about the pollinator program. Uh, in 2018, when Caitlin was uh, uh, in, in the program, junior, I think junior in the program, maybe sophomore, junior year, we applied for a grant through Monsanto at the time. And we, uh, we had been, uh, delving into honeybees and, and managing a few hives, but then we got a $25,000 grant to help us expand our pollinator project. So it wasn't only to purchase bees and equipment, but also we did uh, planted literally hundreds of thousands of milkweed and other uh, types of uh, flowering plants that pollinators use in our communities. And we did a lot of outreach and we were very active in our bee club here. And to, today, uh, and Caitlin was a great, she would go with me in the summer and go with me after school to manage the hives. And so I know uh, she's been stung as many times maybe as I have and uh, never enjoyable, but to see the benefits of managing a hive and then be able to extract that honey and then use that honey in, in our fruit sale or in a, other promotions uh, it is very rewarding. And I, you know, I have students today that go with me uh, to manage the hives and we're up to 52 now that we manage and, you know, it wouldn't be possible without that great support from Monsanto and that grant. But, and we had a lot of help locally from the beekeepers in this area who are still assisting uh, us when we need it. And certainly with the crisis that we've experienced with honeybees the last several years, having a program such as that, again, is a plus plus uh, for everybody. Now we could spend several more minutes, but we're gonna move along here, but just uh, mentioning that you have lab related activities. I know you have a lot of leadership activities, but what are one or two of the community service things that the club has been involved with? Uh, we just actually had an FFA meeting this afternoon and uh, we discussed our September 
Uh, in September, we're going to con conduct our adopt the highway. We do a two and a half mile stretch, and we've done that for many years. Uh, we are going to uh, do a pumpkin painting process uh, or project with some of the residents at area care centers. We do that every year. I know Caitlin's been involved with that. One of the neat projects that we're expanding this year is ORT, Organic Recyclable Trash. Uh, we collect all of the food that's not eaten in the cafeteria at our, at our lunch, uh, lunch periods at the high school. And that material then is weighed and recorded. And then we feed that to some, some market hogs. In January, we'll have those uh, uh, butchered and then I'll teach the, the students how to cut meat. And we'll grind up the sausage from one of those and donate that to a local food pantry. So right now we're just doing that in our high school. I uh, got a step outside the, the box grant and uh, got $1,000 to expand that to all of our schools. So we'll have scales and containers at each of our four schools and, and we'll be expanding that to that projects. And that's to bring to light the amount of food that's wasted in this, in this country and to bring awareness to uh, people who are food insecure and how we can try to make an impact we, we want to eventually get to the point where we're collecting zero ort. I mean, that is the purpose. Uh, if you take it, eat it. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, those are some of the highlighted programs that we're, we're working on right now. And when I talk to people about the FFA program, I think that sometimes the community service engagement level or, or impact is sometimes not front and center. Uh, until we start talking more about what some of those things really are. But it's such a key, important part, teaching leadership skills to the FFA members, giving back to the community and increasing the quality of life uh, for the local communities. It certainly is a win-win situation. Well, right, yeah. now we, right now, we do want to take a time out here and salute all of our show partners that make our program possible each and every week. That includes Liberty National Bank of Marysville, Ohio, the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Culver's Restaurant of Marysville, and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association. You'll find great products and services at all of our show partners. Well, Caitlin, I'm going to move on here and get into something very unique, distinguishable about but the Clyde FFA chapter had a major, major honor bestowed upon it by Culver's a few months ago. First place chapter winner in the 2021 Ag Essay Contest and $7,500 given to the chapter for members to go to the National Convention October 27th to 30th. Now, that is a tremendous honor. Were you really surprised when you heard that you had won this? Yes, I was very surprised it was a random wednesday and i noticed i had an email and i checked it and saw that i won and it was crazy because i just submitted it to you know say that i did something and then to win it was insane now barrett there wasn't any little advice or push to enter the contest was there <laughs> um actually uh, caitlin uh was unable to schedule my my regular uh, business class because she was a student at Vanguard. And so we do a capstone project here. And so she would meet with me every day uh, in my conference period. 
and it was towards the end of the school year and we had just planned the banquet and, and uh, she, she's just a phenomenal student, uh, did all of her work for me. And I'm like, hey, this thing, this Culver's uh, essay sounds like something you would probably do really well at. And so we tossed around through a, a few ideas and then she, she started writing. And, and uh, so it was, it was really a neat, neat process. And uh, we appreciate that opportunity to do that. So, but she's a great writer, a, a, a very uh, phenomenal student. So, Culver's has been a great partner with FFA for the last several years. I know they've poured over $70,000 into this essay contest. I've had the uh, wonderful opportunity the last three or four years to actually talk to the national winners in the various chapters around the country. And they have uh, invested over $3 million in their Thank You Farmers project as well. So they are one example of a company truly committed to the FFA program. Well, Caitlin, I'd like to ask you if you're able to share with us uh, part of the essay right now, or the essay, do you have that there? Yeah, that's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, so agriculture provides the world's food, fiber, and resources. We provide these things in the United States in the most efficient and safest way that research allows. At the forefront of this industry are the amazing people that dedicate their life to agriculture. Lessons learned from COVID-19 pandemic illustrate the importance of these people and their contributions in processing, producing, marketing, distributing, and researching our food, fuel, and fiber. Three lessons stand out when thinking about how the pandemic has affected the agricultural industry. The first lesson learned was our dependence on the distribution component of agriculture. The second lesson deals with community, consumer awareness, and demand and the third and most important issue is the dependent on the industry is labor resources. By understanding these lessons, we can begin to implement changes to make agriculture a more sustainable industry. The first lesson to understand is distribution. Distribution includes track, trucks, trains, and planes, taking products to restaurants, schools, grocery stores, and other businesses. After COVID reached the United States and caused in cases started to rise, the country was sent into a lockdown causing restaurants, schools, and other businesses to close. As a result, the orders were, that were already scheduled to be delivered to these establishments were halted, causing a disturbance in the entire system. Since many people were put into quarantine, companies had less drivers and it took longer for products to be delivered. Even now, some businesses are still struggling with receiving products in a timely manner. Suppliers did not only need to change the route of these products, but in many cases, they also had to change the packaging. Since the packaging for items is different depending on where the products go, when they got rerouted, they had to return to the factory and get repackaged. This ended up causing even more disturbance in the process of distribution. This issue goes on to show that in order to keep the agricultural industry sustainable in the future, we need to keep our distribution efficient and continuous while building in flexibility for delivery points. This may mean that agricultural commodities would need to be more local to ensure that consumer demands could be met under circumstances. With the disruption of the distribution access, aspect of agriculture, people started questioning the safety, ability, and sustainability of our food supply. One result of the pandemic was extra time to devote to hobbies, research, and alternative activities. With this time, dem consumer demands changed because consumers were learning how dependent they were on others to provide their food and fiber. With restaurants closed, grocery shelves empty, and hungry mouths to feed, people began to rely on locally produced products. This was shown by more people buying meat from local producers rather than stores and by more people getting an interest into gardening. People have more times on their hand that allowed them to start growing their fruits and vegetables instead of relying on the ag industry. 
to ensure sustainability in agriculture in the future, the industry start, needs to start encouraging more people to continue or even start their indoor gardens. This will allow for more people to provide for their own families by raising freshly, fresh fruits and vegetables. Another component of this shift is to grow more of our food is a respect of its value, which will hopefully lead to less waste. This, it makes sense that we would be less likely to leave food uneaten or spoiling in the refrigerator if we had put the time into producing it ourselves. Encouraging America to take an active part in raising a proportion of their food resources and raising the awareness of food waste are two tremendous examples of how education and implementation of small changes can have a sustainable effect on the future in agriculture in the United States. With people raising their own food, they will also gain an appreciation for the amount of labor that goes into providing these resources for our country. While the first two lessons are important, the most important lesson we learned from the pandemic was how dependent on the agricultural industry is human resources. In 2020, we saw many examples of how people's lives were disturbed because of labor shortages. The pandemic took the lives of many contributing laborers, kept many in quarantine and created shutdowns in hopes of preventing infection. These people are what ultimately caused many individuals to not be able to work and contribute their talents to producing the world's food supply. Agriculture has always been an industry that embraces technology. The driving force behind technology is using usually efficiency and profitability. Culver's and other restaurants implement new technologies to help workers meet consumer demands and provide a consistent and safe food product. The pandemic forced our industry to realize that while technology and innovation are driven by the need to create human resources and our ability to incorporate these inventions is still the backbone of agricultural industry. Making agriculture sustainable relies on our ability to recruit and maintain smart and innovative people who have a desire to provide a safe and efficient supply of food, food fiber and natural resources for the planet. Agricultural education programs around the country are preparing for the next generation of agriculture's workforce and needs to be able to prepare young people who are flexible, creative, and energetic about solving problems. The recent pandemic is an example of a catastrophic event that affected the agricultural industry. Lessons learned from this event will make us more sustainable in the future. Agriculture must be flexible in distribution. Agriculture must create opportunities for people to contribute their own food production. And agriculture must educate to eliminate food waste and recruit positive people into careers related to the industry. No one knows what, what or when the next crisis may, may be, but we can be assured that because of the lessons we learned from this pandemic, American agriculture will be ready to meet the challenge. I can see why you won the contest. Boy, you just you just hit a home run. That is that is outstanding. Now uh, we could dissect this essay for the rest of time, but we've got a ways to go here. The only other comment that I would have would be a question for you, uh, Caitlin, and that would be from your perspective, what do you see the keys to really effective recruiting smart and innovative young people into the field? I think that we should show people that agriculture is more than just farming. A lot of people that I talk to, uh, you know, always ask me, well, why are you in FFA if you're not a farmer? And they don't understand that it's not just farming. There's multiple different aspects of agriculture and sharing that with the rest of the world. People can find interests that they're, um, that are available in agriculture and be able to explore that and help grow the industry as a whole. Over 200 career paths out there right now. So it is a whole new world of ag opportunities, regardless of where you come from, as you say, with that. 
Well, great job with that. Congratulations. Barrett, how many people are you going to end up taking to the uh, national convention? Oh, we are so excited about national convention. We weren't able to go, obviously, last year. Uh, and uh, before I answer that question, I want to give a lot of credit to my, my uh, sales team last year qualified for the national contest. It was actually the first state contest we've ever won uh, at, as a, in a team event. And uh, they were unable to, you know, uh, participate in the national competition. But those, those students, uh, I, I wanted to please give them credit for that. Uh, this year, though, we're excited. We get to go to the convention. We're taking 32 uh, students and then two chaperones and, and myself. So we'll have 35 uh, people. And I'm still trying to work on Caitlin to see if she can take off school to go. But I don't know if she's going to be able to do that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep working on her. So right now she's not on our trip. But uh, we are, we've got some stops planned. We still have some things to plan for convention. And uh, uh, we're just looking, looking forward to getting back to Indy uh, for convention. And I also understand that some of the sessions are still going to be hybrid format too, so virtual, so that even if you're not there, uh, Caitlin, you might be able to catch some of those sessions too, like the Blue Room sessions or whatnot, or some of the individual workshops as well. So again, a uh, great event. I know it's a highlight of the year too, and I can only imagine the level of excitement, especially uh, after the last year, not being able to go through. Uh, you must be going through the roof with your chapter right now, Barrett. <laughs> so We are, and uh, but Pete, actually there's a lot of concern because with the uh, a lot of quarantining and things going on like that, my, my seniors are really worried. They're like, this is our last opportunity to go to convention. What happens if we get quarantined and uh, you know, I said, we'll, we'll deal with those issues when they come, but let's all stay healthy now and I hope that we can all be on the trip. Uh, but I did purchase, purchase insurance for the concert tickets just in case we, we can't go for some reason. So uh, we're, we're uh, yeah, we're very excited. We're, we cannot wait for uh, the, the 26th of October when we leave. And it goes from that time right through October 30th. Again, I know that uh, typically, uh, as far as the amount of involvement, uh, I guess it's going to be uh, between 30 and 40,000 uh, attendees this year. And talking to Scott Stump, the uh, CEO of FFA, a little bit smaller this year, but it's all going to be there. They've got great speakers, always great programs, highly motivational. Some of the keynote people, the awards recognition, it's, it's all there too. And the opportunity to really network and bring back other things that you can use in your chapter. I think that's one of the highlights of the whole year of the entire event too. So uh, again, coming up the end of October, you will be there for that. Well, I know that we could go on for at least three or four more hours and we could go on and on about all of the things that your your chapter there does and involvement that you have and the impact that you have on lives uh, and career development and impact on local community as well um, but unfortunately i don't know how to really stop that clock if i did i'd stop it right now i assure you that i would if i could but your chapter is out on a social media barrett uh, i know that you have a facebook page uh, what is that address uh, I, I think you just search Clyde FFA Ohio and uh, you can get to our Facebook page. Uh, we sometimes people get mixed up because there's two. There was an earlier version of one. And, and so if you get on our Facebook page and it's an old post and keep searching for Clyde FFA Ohio chapter, 
And then uh, we're on Instagram as well. And I take very little credit for any of that kind of stuff. I'm, that is not my expertise. I, I have students that help me uh, with those things. And so uh, uh, I hope everybody could find access to our Instagram uh, posts and uh, our Facebook page. It's very easy. I also found a YouTube video that had you in it, Barrett, talking about the chapter as well that's out there. Oh, really? Okay. Absolutely. So we will post uh, that Facebook page up on our That's Agritastic Facebook page later today as well. Now, as we wrap down here, I'd like to ask each of you, uh, if you will, for a final takeaway, Jim, about the Clyde FFA chapter and FFA in general. So I'm going to start with Caitlin on this. Yeah, so FFA is really a great program that you can learn multiple different things. You learn about the agriculture industry as a whole, but you also learn different aspects that can grow yourself as a character and grow you, you along with everyone else. And you meet amazing people throughout your time in FFA. And Barrett? Uh, well, my favorite takeaway is our FFA motto, and uh, the mo FFA motto explains everything and, and the reason why I do what I do, and the first part of the motto is learning to do, and I'm here to teach people how to do things uh, from, from a multitude of different courses and, and skills. You come to egg classes to learn how to do something, and to reinforce that learning, you give them an opportunity to doing to learn, do it to learn, learning to do, doing to learn. So here's an opportunity to practice what we just learned. And I think that does set us apart from many programs, many classrooms, is that we give students a hands-on or practical application of that, whether it's through a contest or lab activity, they can practice that uh, knowledge. Earning to live then is the goal. Let's uh, give our students skills and abilities so that they can be uh, uh, productive in a, a career someday. And if they have to get additional training, they're, they're prepared to do that. If they need to go to college, they can do that. If they wanna enter right into the workforce, they're prepared. So uh, the earning to live so that they can support themselves and their families. And then once you're secure in that, uh, we give students skills so that they can live to serve. And uh, you know, being able to be a person that gives back to their community and see where is there a need and to help fill that need. So I love the, the motto, learning to do, doing to learn, earning to live, living to serve. And that's why I think all of us are in this, uh, this, uh, this area of egg education. And certainly if there's students out there, they're not involved in FFA, you need to check it out today at this very minute too. Great opportunities for leadership and skill development, career development as well. It's all wrapped around in the FFA program. Well, again, thank you both for your time and talent, giving us a great insight into the operation of the Clyde, Ohio FFA chapter. Hey, Barrett, kudos to you for your years of chapter leadership and Caitlin for your outstanding efforts in FFA. And again, awesome job on that essay contest. I wish you both much success in the year going forward. I look forward to following you and talking to you a little bit later on, uh, perhaps during the year as well. So again, thank you so much, uh, both of you, uh, for coming on the show today. And right, now, and right now, we'd like to do a final acknowledgement of all of our show partners. That includes the Liberty National Bank of Marysville, Ohio. You'll find great rates for ag, commercial, and residential projects combined with outstanding personalized service. 
Check them out today at liberty.bank slash office Marysville. That's liberty.bank slash office Marysville. Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City. It's your one-stop shop for all your favorite Amish cheeses, deli meats, baked goods, and more. The corn crib is open. It's fully stocked with all your favorite fresh local produce. That includes apples, sweet corn, gourds, pumpkins, and more. It's located on Converse Huff Road off of Route 42. It's open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 5. Find them on the web at utsiesfarmmarket.com and on Facebook. Utsi's Farm Market, it's worth the drive. The Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, a grassroots membership organization dedicated to strengthening and sustaining agriculture through policy advocacy, professional development, resource provisions, and outstanding member benefits. Find them on Facebook at Central Ohio Farm Bureau. For more information, you can contact Melinda Lee, Organization Director at mlee at ofbf.org. That's mlee at ofbf.org. Culver's Restaurant of Marysville, offering an outstanding array of value baskets, which include their famous butter burgers. And I'm getting hungry as I speak. Love those butter burgers. You'll also enjoy fresh daily custard products, including concrete mixers and sundaes. They're open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Go to culver's.com slash restaurant slash Marysville dash O-H. Welcome to Delicious. It's Culver's Restaurant and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association. Cultivating a future in which sustainable and organic farmers thrive, local food nourishes our communities and ag practices protect and enhance our environment. Now's the perfect time to become a member, offering a diverse variety of value added benefits, including organic certification, educational events led by experts, one-on-one -on -one technical support to start or grow your business. Go to oeffa.org. That's oeffa.org. Your patronage and support of all of our show partners makes a huge positive difference. Well, join us again as we continue our ag journey across the country on September 30th as we explore the iconic Farmer's Almanac with Managing Editor Sandy Duncan. Until then, this is Pete Emmons saying, make it an agritastic week.